listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. Are you ready to witness greatness? College fans, welcome to the biggest tailgate party in the nation. Different day, same recipe. Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff. Presented by BetMGM. The king of sportsbooks. We're setting you up with the information you need to watch your team win. Let's go! We're here to break it all down. Let's go, let's go. This is Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff. Presented by BetMGM. Now, we're live from your tailgate. Here's Brian No, former Penn State All-American Rich Ornberger, and FSR betting analyst Jared Smith. Oh, what's going on, everybody? Good morning. Welcome into a super wild card weekend. Three luscious days of ball over here. I am completely fired up. I will be totally out of control all three days. How are you gents doing this morning? Everything good? Everything right in the world with you guys? All right, we're getting them in a in a little bit here. I'll get my uh, compadres here in a bit. In the meantime, uh, I'm just going to yak at you. <laughs> I'm just going to talk ball in the meantime. And then uh, we'll tag team it, you know? They're kind of like uh, old school WWE. They're on the, the turnbuckle leaning over the ropes like, tag me in. I'm like, nope, not yet, not yet. I'm in a figure four leg lock right here. So uh, we'll get them momentarily. So let's start off with... The first matchup of the day, Seahawks at the 49ers. And first things first, Seattle just getting to the playoffs. What a wild week 18 it was. So Seattle survives against the Rams. The game goes into overtime after they doinked a a field goal attempt off the upright. Didn't hurt Seattle. They end up beating the Rams in overtime. And then they needed some help in the nightcap, and the Lions gave it to them. The Lions, with their aggressive style, their hook and ladder, going for it on fourth down. Lions win. Packers out. Rich Ornberger, I was telling you, remember Aaron Rodgers scolding the media and scolding the naysayers? (laughs) What were you you guys were talking trash when we were four and eight? What now? I'm like, yeah, you're eight and eight. You might squeak into the playoffs, and they didn't even make it. Yeah, I liked it. He was wrong, but I liked it. You know what I mean? Like it, the reality is what the reality is for both the Packers and the Buccaneers. It's been a real rocky ride for both of those teams, right? They're helmed by unbelievably talented quarterbacks. Aaron Rodgers for all those years in Green Bay, Tom Brady uh, for all those years in New England, and now the recent success in Tampa Bay. But the teams around them, I mean – Look, it's is it is it none of their fault? No, because they're on those teams, and we actually watched the Lions game that Aaron Rodgers basically gave away himself. He threw all those interceptions, especially down near the red zone. But um, but yeah, I mean, it, it just wasn't his year, and it showed. And by the way, I mean the work that Dan Campbell has done with the D- Detroit Lions. You, I mean, we can't look past that there was a team on the other side of that billing that just played the game of their lives. I mean, talk about slaying a dragon. That's that is that's exactly what they set out to do, and so credit to them. But, yeah, you're right. Now Seattle kind of sneaks in the back door because the Lions took care of business. It's kind of interesting last week where the Lions were so ultra-aggressive 
And some of that had to do with they didn't have a playoff berth on the line, right? They could just let it all hang out. So for Super Wild Card Weekend, I'm really curious which teams play like that. Which teams play like the Week 18 Lions where they are aggressive and they're not. It's sort of what Jim Ursay, the Colts team owner, was getting at. And he said it in a really clunky way when he named Jeff Saturday the interim head coach. Where he's like, I don't, I don't want these coaches who are consumed by the fear over here. I think what he was really saying in an odd way is he wants his coach to act like Dan Campbell did in Week 18 and just let it all hang out. Uh, we've got Jared Smith with us, who I, I'm tagging in right now. He was Let's over go. the. He was over the top rope. He's like, tag me in. I'm like, all right, <laughs> fine, fine. Get, get on in here, up. Jared Smith. <laughs> only way to get me to shut up is to shut my mic off. Um, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah that's it. That's really that's the, the only thing chance on the you guys have, honestly. Um, this is going to be a really fun weekend. There, there's something about the NFL playoffs that just is different than the college bowl season, which obviously is more of an elongated you know, journey. This is a sprint. 13 games, and that's it. And half of them are this weekend. So it, it, this is it, guys. I mean, we made it to the end of the rainbow here. We only, got, we only have a few teams left that can, win, that can win the Lombardi Trophy. So we'll see how it who plays out. Who sang that song? This is it. Yeah. Who, who sang that? Oh, is that know. Michael McDonald? I you think guys it are is. better it in the music. Like Michael yeah, from McDonald's the Doobie there. Brothers. There yeah. Oh, yeah. There you go. <laughs> oh, is it Kenny Loggins? Oh, okay, okay. Look at I, Isaac. I, I trust Ilo for some reason. Man, uh, Sam's got Sam's working overtime today. He deserves a raise for punching all the numbers. Does. Like one of those old school operators with all the lines there. <laughs> so we got the, the Niners favored by nine and a half. The total is 42, but Niners favored by nine and a half over the Seahawks. Jared, you and I were talking about this on the podcast. Uh, the Fox Sports Radio Countdown to Kickoff, presented by BetMGM Podcast, right? <laughs> like, we were talking about this, and it just seems like the books are like, hey, you know, the Niners just have to win by double digits. They're going to do that, right? Yeah, come on. Take the Niners <laughs> minus nine and a half. What are you worried about? It seems like it could be possibly a trap. I'm just curious about Purdy Palooza. I think a big part of this game comes down to Brock Purdy. It's been a love fest, Mr. Irrelevant. He's played well, but can that Seahawks defense, who's been awful against the rush, they give up almost five yards per rush, can they play decent enough rush defense where Purdy might have to do more than what the Niners would want him to do? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm not really sure how I feel about the, the Seahawks defense in this game. I, I think the rain might be a factor. I'm looking at it now, and... I feel like the weather is always more of a talking point than it actually plays out as an impact on the game. And when I'm looking at it now, eh, rain showers, 30 40%, seven mile an hour rain. So I, I'm not really considering the weather a factor. I know we've heard a little bit about that this week. I think the biggest factor in this game is Geno Smith, who leads the NFL in turnover-worthy plays, and the Niners, who have the most turnover luck in the NFL this season. And, and listen, a lot of these games this weekend are going to be decided by one or two plays. And it's going to be in the turnover category. So very hard to predict. But you can see which teams might be a little more turnover prone than others. Brock Purdy's been relatively clean. Geno hasn't. So that's the key to me is can Geno maybe play a clean game? And will Brock Purdy, who almost threw a big interception in that last Seattle game, 
will he finally fall off the turnover wagon? Because to me, the turnover differential and the turnover margin and how many times can I say turnover in one handicap will be the key in this game. Yeah, it's that and it's special teams like we saw Pat's Bills, right? You know, the season uh, finale for the Bills and the Patriots and the Patriots, all they need to do is win and get in. And Buffalo had two kickoff returns for a touchdown from Naheem Hines and the rest is history. So... Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think that some of these games, especially games like this, where these are teams that faced each other, I mean, constantly over the past couple of years. I know this is a different complexion of a Seahawks team this year with a new starting quarterback, Geno Smith, but they've seen them twice. You know, uh, I, I realize that things have changed with the San Francisco 49ers. Um, because now Brock Purdy is their starting quarterback and things were different earlier in the year. But the Seahawks, outside of that position, have seen the Niners twice. So I agree with you. I think these games, when you get the opportunity to look at film of you against them, like you're not trying to find different offenses that that look like what you do attacking their defense. You can actually go and look at your offense attacking their defense. You're going to win on the margin. So it is going to be turnovers. It is going to be special teams plays, just like we saw with Buffalo, New England to finish the season. I think that's exactly what we see with Seattle and the Niners. I'm kind of curious. Uh, Quandre Diggs, like you mentioned, Jared, he should have picked off Brock Purdy in the regular season matchup in Seattle. It was right, hit him right in the number six, and he dropped it before halftime. Now, my question would be, if he had caught it, and that was in the middle of the field, would he have looked at the Niners bench and talked trash and somehow meandered out of bounds instead of running up the field like he did last week against the Rams? I I wonder if that would have been the case. We'll never know. Mm. We'll never know if that that would have happened with Diggs (laughs) right there. But I think it starts for Seattle with slowing down the running game. If you're not able to do that, it's a freaking wrap because – Gino against this 49ers defense, that 49ers Oof. defense is rough. And if both the running game and the passing game are working for the Niners, coupled with that defense, that you have no chance. So I think it starts with slowing down the running game. I know it's easier said than done based on how Seattle's played against the run this year, but they've got to start there. Has to start with decent rush defense for Seattle. 100%. Yeah. Seattle really struggles to defend tight ends as well. 27th in DVOA. They gave up two touchdowns to Kittle in the last matchup. And listen, they held the Chiefs to 297 total yards at Arrowhead. But 113 of those yards were to Travis Kelsey. So if you want an angle this weekend, and I I already bet this, the over Kittle. Now, of course, the rain could, of course, ruin any passing game props. But Kittle at three and a half receptions Mm. seems like a bet. He's the security blanket, right, Rich? Like, if, if it's your first postseason game and you're struggling and you're like, hey, I, I need a guy that I can throw to that's going to make a play, that's the guy I want the ball in his hands, right? Yeah. Yeah, no question about it. And also, they do him a lot of favors. I'm talking about Kyle Shanahan, the head coach and the play caller. Mm. Does Brock Purdy a tremendous amount of, uh, of uh, help they get him with Christian McCaffrey, who, I mean, like you just mentioned Kittle, arguably the best or one of the best pass-catching tight ends in the league current day, maybe all time when, when it's all said and done. Christian McCaffrey, one of the best receiving yeah. running backs, maybe all time when he's finished. 
the, these guys are at his disposal. And Kyle Shanahan isn't shy to make this game right into the sweet spot for Brock Purdy, where it's going to be angle routes out of the backfield, option routes, you know, those 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 quick digs, um, you know, shorter passes, you know, and then on play action, obviously, he'll air it out. And Brock Purdy has thrown a penchant, to, has, has shown a penchant to connect on the sideline when he's asked to throw a nice deep ball. So he's got some of the goods, but I, I agree. I think they're going to protect him. I think they're going to find a way uh, to make him comfortable early in this game, especially if this game requires the Niners offense to wake up early um, because yeah. you don't want him to make the big play. You don't want him to turn over the football and then start getting in his head like, oh, this is my first time in the playoffs and now I get what everybody's talking about. You want to try to make this game as easy for Brock Purdy as possible. Have him walking away going, that was isn't so bad and we beat him great who's next you know <laughs> yeah and we'll see if it's like that today or not by the way be sure to check out the new look and features in the BetMGM app it's fast and easy access to the sports you love whether it's live betting the daily lions boost or the cash out feature and new users can use the code countdown for a special offer that's code countdown in the BetMGM app. We are off and freaking running. We've got Rich Ornberger, Penn State All-American, Jared Smith, FSR betting analyst, myself, Brian No. I felt like I just had a flashback to last week in Cincinnati. We couldn't hear anything for a second, and we tossed it to Ilo. And we couldn't hear. So we just assumed Ilo made a joke and we couldn't hear him. And there was just dead silence. <laughs> Did he? What was the result? I don't know. I'm the... not sure. But it reminds me of today because I was like, oh, oh just yeah. fired up for Super Wild Card Weekend. <laughs> How do you guys feel about Crickets. This? Crickets. I'm like, That's okay, awesome. I'll just talk football in the meantime over here. Gang's all here. <laughs> <laughs> We're all ready to go, though, man. We're all set up. Uh Iowa Sam, our technical producer, is a miracle worker, doing a great job over there. Like All right, coming up next, could this game be a shootout? We'll dive in. It's Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff, presented by BetMGM. Welcome to the biggest tailgate party in the nation. You're locked into Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff. Touchdown! And it's presented by BetMGM. The king of sportsbooks. Once again, here's Brian No, Rich Hornberger, and Jared Smith. Welcome back to Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff, presented by BetMGM. New users, download the BetMGM app today and use code COUNTDOWN for a special offer. That's code COUNTDOWN in the BetMGM app. Okay, the nightcap this evening. Chargers at the Jags. Chargers favored on the road by two and a half points. Total's 47 and a half. I see a lot of people expecting a shootout here. Are we going to see a shootout? Now, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Herbert. uh, Trevor Lawrence lit up the Chargers way back in week three. He played very well. 262 yards, three touchdown passes. It was so long ago, James Robinson was still the running back (laughs) for the Jags. (laughs) It was a long time ago. But one of the Chargers' main weapons, Mike Williams, is out for this game. The wide receiver has a small fracture in his back. Why does he have that? Oh, that's right, because he was playing in a totally meaningless Week 18 game against Denver last week. Great call, Brandon Staley. Good job by you. Yeah, what a mess. And, And you know what? Here's the worst part about it. 
And don't get me wrong, like as a general, you got to know when the war is over and you got to know when to call off the dogs. But if the plan was bad in the first place, you have to be held accountable for that as well. My problem was the fact that it felt like Brandon Staley and the Chargers, because I don't think it was just him who made that decision. I'm sure he needed clearance to have that many starters out there on a field in an inconsequential ballgame against Denver Broncos. Um, But the fact that they started with a script where it felt like, all right, we're going to beat the Broncos. Like, that's our plan. That's who we are. We want to make sure we leave here with a win. And then in the third quarter, sometime around seven minutes left in the third, all of a sudden it was an about face on that game plan. And it was like, no, no, no. Like, we're not, we're not trying to win. We're trying to leave here with our health. And that, to me, should have been the thought process out the gates. I like what Tampa Bay did in their final week. I think that the the Chargers should have done the same thing. I think by the time it was the fourth quarter, they should have had their third-string quarterback in the game because why, why do you need to see more from Justin Herbert? What, have, what did we learn about Keenan Allen, Justin Herbert, Joey Bosa, or – um, or or Big Mike that we didn't know heading into this game in the first place. We we learned nothing. So the, I felt like it was a, a foolish endeavor playing all of those guys. Totally agree. And Rich, you've followed this team for years. You know San Diego and obviously the move and some of the trials and tribulation. Like there's even a verb that come, that we've come up with for this team. Like they're gonna charge her, and they managed to do it in a meaningless game. And that just – I don't, like, know why that strategy was employed. Maybe it was something that they've discussed for weeks and they were ready to deploy it at this time, but it made absolutely no sense to me. But I agree. Like, the Giants last week, you saw Davis Webb. It was the third stringer. They didn't even put Terod Taylor out there because he's had his injury problems too. It should have been Easton Stick from the second half on. And, you know, we saw the Vikings put their backups in. We saw the Bucks do it. We saw every team in the NFL employ this strategy. But Brandon Staley has this very aggressive, contrarian mindset that can get him into trouble sometimes. Sometimes it's okay. Risk, different, being different in the NFL, sometimes it's, it, it's a good thing. But I think the best coaches know when to throttle up that risk and when not to. And last week was not a week to do it. And we'll see if it impacts the game. Now, the one curious thing about this, guys, is line didn't move off two and a half yesterday when the Mike Williams news was announced. Now, to be fair, receivers don't move the lines a ton to begin with. But you thought maybe the sentiment on this Chargers team would be a little bit more negative and you would have gotten one or two sharp betters that took the points with the Jags. This is a. I see a lot of variance with this game because you have two quarterbacks making their first playoff start. Odds are one of them doesn't play well, and we'll see which one it is. And we'll I'll give you the stat later when we get first-time playoff quarterback going up against playoff veteran. It is very, very negative against the debutants. But I, I could see both quarterbacks playing well. I could see both quarterbacks playing poorly. Honestly, I do see a lot of variance with this game. The thing that stands out to me that I find so interesting, Rich, you were talking about chargering. You know, and I get it where you might be uncomfortable taking the Chargers because if you take them and they invent another way to lose a game, (laughs) you're going to look like an idiot. And some people guard against that. Like, I don't want to look like a complete sucker. But think about this. 
the Bengals last season, they hadn't won a playoff game in three decades. And they were horrible on the road. And they had all these negative stats. And then all of a sudden, you blink and they're basically a play away from winning the Super Bowl and a defensive holding penalty away from winning the Super Bowl. So sometimes teams that haven't fared well for a long time, you throw that out the window in one specific year. And that could be the Chargers this season. If you think about Jacksonville, they're lucky to be here. They should have lost last week to Josh Dobbs and the Tennessee (laughs) Titans. Trevor Lawrence was brutal last week. They couldn't move the ball. They needed a scoop six to pull that thing out, and they needed an an ugly interception from Dobbs. That was a squeaker, man. So I just take that into account. When you just start thinking about, oh, I I don't want to look stupid if I take – forget all of that. Don't even get into that mindset because guess what? From one time or another, you're going to look really stupid. But I I wouldn't pick games based on a fear of that happening. Yeah, and I'll I'll say this. um, Brandon Staley, for all of the criticism about how he handles uh, fourth downs and his aggressiveness and his contrarian point of view, he has finally emerged as one of the more – creative and excellent defensive minds in football. What he's been able to do since week 14 is nothing short of spectacular. I really, the Denver Broncos game on the regular season finale withstanding because they were able to score a bunch of points on the Chargers in a game that didn't matter, um, that you, you really felt like the game plan changed, like I said, in the second half for the Chargers. But week 14 on, they, they've gotten 18 sacks, which is nearly half their sack total on the season. They got 40 on the season. They've woken up again. Uh, this defense is playing inspired football. In that first matchup in week three, they lost Joey Bosa in that game. That's when he went down with the groin injury and he went on uh, IR and got groin surgery. Um, so the end of the season, they were waiting for health. They were waiting for some of these pieces that they added to the team in the offseason to finally coalesce and become the defense that they were hoping to become. On paper, it looked great, but you know, not all the pieces fit right away. And I think this game comes down to the pass rush. I, I, you've yeah. got two rookie quarterbacks out there. Uh, the first time they faced each other early in the season, Herbert got rushed a ton, and Lawrence had an easy day in the pocket, and you saw who won the game. I really think it comes down to whichever quarterback has the most time in the pocket, whichever quarterback doesn't feel the stress and the pressure of the defense bearing down on them is going to excel in this game. And the one who who is struggling out there and has the defense in their face and is getting hit and has up the middle pressure, that's going to be the team that unfortunately folds up their tents and go home for the offseason. Yeah, and Corey Lindsley didn't play in the last game. And, Rich, I know you know this. I mean, the center position is just vital. Huge. Vital when you are trying to diagnose blitzes. And Joey Bosa got hurt in the last game as well. He played 13 snaps. Now, the one thing about the Chargers offensive line is I think they're getting healthier. The Jaguars are kind of going in the other direction. Cam Robinson, big downgrade without him. Walker Little has made three starts at left tackle. He's been okay. Eight total pressures, gave up a sack below average grade, but to me the key is Brandon Staley likes to be, I mean, we just said he played his starters in week 18. He's an aggressive coach. He is going to bring the house, and he is going to make Trevor Lawrence diagnose that. Trevor's actually been okay this year against the Blitz. He's only taken eight sacks when Blitz this year. That's the fifth lowest 
amount in the league, and he's got the seventh lowest pressure to sack ratio. This is kind of a off-the-cuff metric that I like to look at to tell me how quarterbacks are at absorbing pressure and not taking the sack, either getting the ball out or going to your check down. Trevor's actually been pretty good in that category this year. Justin Herbert's been great too. He's a top 10 quarterback pressure to sack ratio. So we'll see. I agree with you too. It's, it's always about the trenches. The, the, the trenches dominate the, you know, who wins and loses these games. And it's often an, an, an overlooked category because it's the offensive lineman and the defensive lineman. There's no stats. There's no, you know, touchdowns or yards or props. It, it's, it's often overlooked, but not by me. I love the trenches, Rich. I'm in the big ugly category, <laughs> just like you, bud. This is what we do. We diagnose this stuff. So I, I think it's going to be a fascinating matchup, game within the game. Brandon Stanley will bring more pressure, and the Jaguars are pretty good at getting pressure too. And no both quarterbacks ha- are, are kind of slippery in the pocket. You know, they're not you know burners like a Justin Fields, but they can move and they can avoid sacks. And I think that's going to – because, you know, second and 17 – it's the worst possible scenario you can be in, just like we took that sack on the opening drive. But we got it back. A couple of chunk plays right now. Rich is ready to pancake block, and we're, we're off and running with the offense. <laughs> you love the trenches. We love the trenches. We also love Isaac Lowe and Cron. Ilo with the latest. What's going on, bud? Good morning, fellas. Indeed, the NFL playoffs kick off at 4.30 Eastern today as the San Francisco 49ers host the Seattle Seahawks in an NFC wildcard game. Then tonight, as you've been discussing, 8.15 Eastern from Jacksonville. It's the Chargers and the Jaguars in an AFC wildcard game. Chargers star receiver Mike Williams ruled out because of a back injury. In the NBA on Friday, no, excuse me, <clears throat> We have a cop button for a reason, folks. In the NBA on Friday night, Denver defeated the Los Angeles Clippers 115-103 to without Nikola Jokic. Denver on a five-game winning streak now in sole possession of first place in the West at 29-13. and Break up the Sacramento Kings. They beat the Houston Rockets by 25 behind a DeMontis Sabonis triple-double. Sacramento is now 23-18. and And get this, Sacramento is five games above 500 for the first time in 17 years. Lori Markinen scored 28 in Utah's 112-108 win over Orlando. Golden State won at San Antonio 144-113. The game was played at the Alamo Dome as part of the Spurs' special 50-year anniversary celebration in front of an NBA regular season record crowd of 68,323. Thank you, Coach Pop. (laughs) Jalen Brunson scored 34 as the New York Knicks won at Washington 112-108. to The Knicks have won six out of their last seven games. Kyle Kuzma 40 in a losing cause for Washington. Fellas, I I can fill you in on the witticism that I uh, gave to you last Last week that you did not hear from ah. Cincinnati, uh, as I recall, it was a uh, it, it was ju- it was not a joke, but it was rather a question about whether you had uh, had the opportunity to sample Skyline Chili during oh, your yeah. time at Cincinnati. Thank goodness we didn't. Okay. <laughs> I was met with a chili. I was met with a chili silence. So I assume the answer is <laughs> okay. Moving oh, on. Boy. Yeah, yeah. Sorry about that, Ilo. We couldn't hear a word of that. Just just for a couple of minutes. Uh, strange time. You didn't miss much, did you, you know? No, that was <laughs> funny, though, man. It's Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff, presented by BetMGM. We're brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. 
all your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. Okay, it says in my notes, we have to talk about this next game, whether you like it or not. No, it would be my Dolphins. My beloved Dolphins over here against those Bills. You think they're winning? Gosh, man. I I, I gave you the, the mega teaser, you know, card this week and you're like the dolphins are gonna run oh yeah yeah that was that was a joke on the text thread over there (laughs) yeah jared was like how does this lose and it was a mega teaser and i'm like uh fins up fins rise up and win outright that's how it loses the line was so big that was the only teaser that didn't get me through the zero (laughs) it was that game yeah i know so the bills favored by 13 and a half no Tua Tungavailoa hasn't been cleared from concussion protocol Teddy Bridgewater has a dislocated pinky finger. So in steps in, seventh-round rookie Skylar Thompson, who, my goodness, shield your eyes and ears, I think, when you hear some of these stats. It's just bad. It boils down to it's bad. There are 47 quarterbacks with at least 100 attempts this season. He's last in touchdown-to-interception ratio. He's 45th in QBR. He's 46th in completion percentage. So it is a house of horrors most likely today for the Finns on the road against Buffalo. Yeah, I listen, I I think Skylar Thompson's better than we think he is based off of very limited exposure. Uh, look, the preseason counts for nothing. It's basically a, a college all-star game. Um, but he, he completed 75% of his passes in the preseason and threw for five touchdowns. However... He kind of was thrown into action early in the season and then again against the Vikings, and he really struggled. But in Week 18 against the Jets here, he did. He made some eye-opening plays. Like, there, there were moments where I'm like, okay, yeah, I get it. Like, he's a seventh-rounder. He isn't Brock Purdy, but he's the type of guy who you can sort of see – all right, I, I understand. I, he is a pro. Like he's going to be on somebody's roster for a long time here because he can he can do some things. I don't think making a game plan around him like they would if Tua was healthy uh, is the intelligent thing to do. And I'm not I'm not at all uh, campaigning for that. But what I'm saying is, if they find a way to create a run game against the Bills, if they find a way to make this hard on the Bills to get to Skyler. This could be a more evenly matched game than we than we're anticipating. So, I'm not completely sold that this is going to be the Bills rolling their helmets out on the field and onto the divisional round we go. I I like the sentiment. The, the issue that I have with the Dolphins this week is it's not just Skyler, mm-hmm. it's Taron Armstead, it's yeah. Brandon Shell, it's yeah. Liam It's What do we just talk about with the, the the trenches? Like, I need to see. Miami get healthy in that area and I don't think they are I I was on the Dolphins last week and I was praying to the Skylar Thompson gods that he would make a few plays and win that game and he did and thankfully I did not um well if you had the Jets plus three and a half I I don't even know what to say um (laughs) yikes yeah that was one of the worst losses of the year I think um it was the old you know kudos to Scott Van Pelt the pitchy pitchy woo woo um, never, never like to lose a bet that way. But mm. it and Raheem Mostert too. Like it, it just there, there's, there's not a lot of positive roster, um, you know, news to talk about with Miami. Now on the other side for Buffalo, 
it's just this emotional lift that we can't quantify with DeMar Hamlin and the inspiration. I mean, and this has now turned into one of the best stories in sports maybe ever. Um, I don't know if he's going to be on the sidelines tomorrow. I think no, but I think at some point it's fair to assume he will be back with the team, maybe during this postseason run, doctor's orders permitting. But I, I didn't do a ton of backlog research with this game because the priors with the Dolphins are really useless. They've been so good this year, but how can you really use that in this game? And with Buffalo, there's just such an emotional thing that you can't quantify. I think the Bills in the first half at seven is is a bet I've seen floated around by some really smart people this week. I got in there. I think it's seven and a half now. I would still play it there because I do think there's an early boost for them, just like last week against New England. And then the the down-to-down stuff, maybe you see Miami – keep it relatively close but if they're th- if three-fifths of the offensive line is out Armstead and Shell are questionable Eichenberg's doubtful that's left tackle right tackle left guard I don't know Brian you tell me you've watched this team a lot like I just I don't see a lot of upside there if those guys aren't on the field keeping Skyler relatively upright yeah that's what it comes down to is the running game was big in the it last regular season matchup Raheem Mostert rushed for a buck 36 and that was big in that game so if I'm Buffalo it's like stop the running game and make Skylar Thompson beat you over and over and over again behind a banged up offensive line we're betting you can't do it and so that's the first thing for me is can Miami take some pressure off of this kid your seventh round rookie quarterback by running the ball effectively no Raheem Mostert with the broken thumb so it's Jeff Wilson right like can you can you get a decent running game so I think it starts there. Any hope for the Dolphins starts with a legitimate running game. And if I'm Buffalo, I'm doing everything I can to prevent that from happening. Oh, yeah. There's no question about it. I, 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 I look at the Dolphins as having a puncher's chance just because of two names. And one has been less effective this season than the other. Uh, but Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell. If you can find a way to get those guys involved in the short game, they're explosive with the ball in their hands. Uh, you know, we, you talk about the San Francisco 49ers, and by the way, their their head coach, the Dolphins head coach, comes from that system. It's all about, with Brock Purdy, getting the ball to your playmakers as quickly as possible. Like, even when teams attempt to and successfully do shut down the San Francisco 49ers run, they still have a puncher's chance in every game because you're throwing the ball out on flares to Debo and to Christian McCaffrey over the middle to uh, Kittle. And if you look at some of the weapons that they have in Miami with Hill and Waddle and what they're able to do on short routes, we're talking about they've only covered eight yards and they get the ball in their hands. It can be magical. So what you do when you're going against a defense where you know the game plan is going to be to slow down the run or they know that you're banged up up front is you major in the short pass game. And we've seen this before. You can be very successful. How many times have we seen this with Tom Brady teams where the goal is, hey, you know, we're going to put middle pressure. It's like the Ravens. Every time Tom Brady faced the Baltimore Ravens during his time with the New England Patriots, we're going to get up the middle pressure. We're going to shut down the run. And if the best quarterback in football beats us, we'll, we'll at least be able to sleep tonight. And what they would do is they would just throw these three-yard passes down the field against 
the Ravens, and it would be an ugly ball game, but Tom Brady would win it for him. Now, can Skylar Thompson be Tom Brady in this game? Chances are no. But could he get the ball successfully to Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle on a couple of plays where if you, you hurt them, if you hurt this defense early, and this pass defense has been a little leaky, especially against the Dolphins, I mean – this could be a ball game. So, look, the Bills right now are riding that emotional high, and I think that motivation is a tricky thing to quantify, like we always talk about on this show. Uh, but, but yeah, I'm not, I'm not completely sold that the Dolphins don't have a death knell in them that could, you know, kick like a mule. <laughs> I'll give you this one to, to close on, and then Brian can take it home with his hometown team there. Uh-huh. Josh Allen does, like Geno Smith, Lead the NFL in turnover-worthy plays. What do we say at the top of the show is going to be the likely X factor in every single, as it usually is, in every single playoff game? Does Josh Allen have one of those little floaters in him where it's, you know, and he also leads the NFL in big-time throws. So it's a, it's a, it's a, volatile, it's a volatile gap there. And, and the, the highs with him are high, and the lows this year – have been pretty low. I mean, we've had we've questioned a lot of his decisions this year. So, I don't know, Brian, you know, sneak a couple turnovers there from underneath Mr. Allen's nose and get yourself in this game somehow with a with a defensive or special team score, but it's an uphill battle today for the Dolphins. It's uphill. <laughs> it certainly is uphill. It's going to take a few of those things. Yeah. I hope it happens. I would like to see a competitive game. I'd love to see a Finns win, but <laughs> we don't always get what we want in life. You know no. what I'm saying? We don't always get that. We do get Rich Ornberger today, Penn State All-American. We do have Jared Smith, betting analyst with us. I'm Brian No. Coming up next, one of us is following the lead of Arnold Schwarzenegger. Go Chargers, go! Which one of us? You'll find out next. It is Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff, presented by BetMGM. Run! Go! Get to the chopper! Hi, this is Jay Glazer, and you may know me from the world of football or fighting or even shows like HBO's Ballers. What you don't know is for my entire life, I have lived in something I refer to as the gray. Depression, anxiety. So now I'm coming out with a new podcast, Unbreakable, a mental health podcast with Jay Glazer, where each week, while we talk about mental health, I hope to describe it. Give it words. Listen to Unbreakable with Jay Glazer on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Touchdown! Kickoffs are coming soon, and we're leading you up to them. This is Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff, presented by BetMGM. The king of sportsbooks. Once again, here's Brian No, Rich Ornberger, and Jared Smith. Are you kidding me? It is Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff, presented by BetMGM. Let's dive into this. Check this out. Parlay Platter. Ah, yes, our Parlay Platter is brought to you by BetMGM. Earn a $50 bonus by signing into BetMGM and clicking on Refer a Friend to invite a friend. And in just a few simple steps, both you and your friend will receive a $50 bonus. BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks, the king of of parlays. Okay, Jared Smith, you're feeling go, Chargers, go today. Why is that the case? <laughs> it's a Charger correlation, and go I don't do Chargers, go. Oh, I just had this. That, can we get one more, Sam? Go, Chargers, go. That's got to be my favorite Arnold Schwarzenegger memes. Go. 
whatever of all time. <laughs> um, so I see crack do these all the time. And, you know, we've been doing a lot of college, you know, sports this year, obviously on, on the Saturday show, but now we're switching to the NFL. We don't get these opportunities to do the one game parlays in college football very often because they don't offer them at MGM because we don't get a lot of college props. Well, now here we are, NFL. And I'll give you one this week that I think is very correlated. And you're still getting plus 200 on the money line, um, or excuse me, on the on the parlay price here. So Chargers money line right off the top. We obviously think they're going to win the game. The correlated aspect of it comes now when we put Keenan Allen six or more receptions, basically over five and a half. He's had nine or more targets in five in the last six games. The only one he hadn't was the Rams game where they had a big lead and they were running the ball. And then you throw in Keenan Allen six 75 or more receiving yards, basically over 74 and a half. And this Jaguars offense, or defense, excuse me, 28 in DVOA against wide receiver ones this year. So Chargers money line, Keenan Allen reception, six or more. Keenan Allen receiving yards, 75 or more. And Rich, second I sent this to the group last night, immediate. Love it. Retweet, sign off. Yeah, yeah. I think Keenan Allen's going to have to have a big day for yeah. them to have a big lead. Or if they're behind, they're going to pump the ball to him. I like it either way. Yep. Like it? I freaking love it. Let's go. <laughs> love this one. You know? Two to one. To Not someone. bad. Coming up next, this story continues to get stranger and stranger by the day. We will have details next. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Oh, what's going on, everybody? Welcome in here. Happy Super Wild Card Weekend. I'm doing somersaults right now. That's a lie. I can't do that with uh, speaking into the microphone at the same time. Maybe I could. Maybe I could. But I am all <laughs> fired up over here for a ball fest. Six games. And I'll tell you what, guys. I think the strangest story is what's happening with the Baltimore Ravens and their Absolutely. quarterback, Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson's out for this game against the Bengals. Bengals are favored by eight and a half. It's most likely going to be Tyler Huntley, the backup quarterback. He's got tendonitis in his throwing shoulder, though. So we that hasn't even been confirmed. But this story has so many layers with Lamar where he had to tweet out the other day like, hey, I've got a PCL grade two sprain on the borderline of a strain three. And I would go if I could. My knee is still unstable. Can't do it. So he's putting that out there because there's a lot of chatter of, is Lamar milking this injury a bit because of the contract status? He didn't get the deal he wanted in the offseason. Those those questions are out there. And the Ravens have taken the approach of like, hey, we, we can't really say anything about anything over here. Here's a taste from their head coach, John Harbaugh. It's not something that uh, that we can comment on. The nature of an injury specific is is really the only person I could comment on that as a person. I mean, there's there's laws along those lines. We're educated by the league in terms of what we're allowed to say and what we're not allowed to say. So that's nothing I could ever begin to comment on. It's interesting to me, guys, because he could say, look, Lamar is a gamer. Nobody wants to be out there more than Lamar. He could have done that, but instead he's like, well, we got HIPAA and we, we can't really say anything about anything. And maybe he doesn't feel that way about Lamar. The whole thing is really, really strange right now. It really is. And unfortunately for Lamar, these are some of the circumstances where it really does help you to have an agent. So 
I appreciate authenticity. I appreciate communication, especially when you're a star. That's the reason why, even though he says things that are sometimes controversial and he says a lot of things that people don't agree with, I like the fact that Aaron Rodgers is authentically himself. So whether you love the guy or you think he's a douchebag, it does not even come (laughs) close to mattering. It really doesn't. Because my thought process is, well, at least we know who he is. You know, I, I, I think that's great. And we know who Lamar ja- who Lamar Jackson is. The problem is he doesn't have any buffer. He has nobody who could float a story from him. So instead of being on the defensive where it's actually good for him from a public relations standpoint to be answering questions about his injuries, he's always on the offensive. He's always the person who has to be tweeting out about, you know, hey, I never said that. Or, or what are you talking about? My knee's really unstable. Mm-hmm. Like, usually the way it works is if you want that information out, you get on the phone with your agent or your agent gets on the phone with you and he makes you aware the way the media tide is turning, whether with you or against you. And maybe somebody suggests to you, like, hey, Lamar, I think it would be in your best interest if we float a source report out to Shefty, out to Rappaport, out to one of these Jay Glazer types, and we get them to tell everybody how bad your knee is. And then what they're going to do, talking about all the local beat reporter types who show up to the locker room every day in Baltimore, is they're going to ask you questions about the instability of your knee. And then you're going to confirm it. So we're getting to the same ends, but it's not Lamar sounding like that he has to explain to everybody how bad his knee is. Like that, that, that information has just become available to everybody uh, through whatever channels, and now he gets to just confirm it. But there's something very desperate about the way Lamar Jackson looks when he's talking about how his heart is still with the Baltimore Ravens, even though he's going through this huge this this huge contract dispute in the beginning of the season, and now how he would love to be out there with the boys, but he's got this this torn up knee. I believe in Lamar Jackson. I don't think he's lying to anybody. I bet you that knee is too uh, is too messed up to actually play on. But I will say this: I, I I think that he needs to hire an agent and a marketing manager in a huge hurry because he's making some costly errors in terms of how he handles his public relations. Yeah, it's really well said. And again, I don't have the player agent perspective like you do, Rich, but from the fan perspective, from the, the betting perspective, I always appreciate when Aaron Rodgers comes out and says certain things because I always say the hardest thing I do week to week is try to get inside these guys' minds. Because that's always what the X factor is with a lot of these games. We can break down the stats till we're blue in the face. Sometimes I do. But at the end of the day, what's the vibe like in the locker room? What's the vibe like on the sidelines? That's something that is really hard for us outside the lines to gauge every week. But Aaron Rodgers, other players that are a little more, and the podcasting era has given us more of a glimpse into this. Everyone's got a podcast these days, including ours. Please go listen to it. And I think, I think it's, really, it's really good. It's, it, it's fantastic. It's great. Everyone's got one, but ours is the best. Um, I, I, I think that's the hardest thing we do is to try to figure out the headspace of in college sports. And we, we mostly handle college here on this show until the NFL you know, takes over in January. 18 to 22 year old kids, even harder. 
at least in the professional ranks, they are considered professional athletes. There's a certain standard that they are held to with their off-field, you know, the ways that they go about their business. But with Lamar, it's very unique because of – I mean, he's got to be the most high-profile athlete in, on the planet without an agent, right? I can't yeah. think of a bigger one. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I, I really honestly can't – I mean, who else represents themselves as a starting quarterback <laughs> over the past two decades? Yeah. I can't I think. So. I don't know another one off the top of my head. Yeah, And that's part of the tweet that he sent out there. You can tell he doesn't have an agent or a PR team. Yeah. Because the tweet doesn't even sound like Lamar. I'll read yeah. you a couple of lines. You tell me if this sounds like Lamar. Thank you, everyone, for your support and concerns regarding my injuries. <laughs> I want to give you all an update as I am in the recovery process. I've suffered a PCL grade 2 sprain on the borderline of a strain three. There is still inflammation surrounding my knee, and my knee remains unstable. I am in good spirits as I continue It sounds like it came from a doctor. On yeah. the road to recovery. Do you Like think a doctor Lamar- sent him that note and was like, just copy and paste. Yeah. This is hard. bad. Of if one of his buddies was like, Lamar, how you feeling? I'm in good spirits <laughs> as I continue with treatments <laughs> on the road to recovery. Like, what it's are like one of those automated messages that like someone calls him, and it's like, that's the response that comes. If you would like to hear about the prognosis on my <laughs> if you PCL, would like to. press 2 now. It's like press 0 for representative, representative, representative. Yeah. Hello and welcome to Lamar Phone. <laughs> yeah. right. Remember you used right. to call up for showtimes? Yeah, Movie Phone. Uh, that's the Seinfeld episode. Yeah. There's such there's so much the money the at stake like here. There's a lot of money there on is. the line and yeah. you're right, Rich. It's when you don't have an agent, when you don't have a PR team, and this is real serious. You're going into an offseason with your next contract negotiations on the heels of not playing down the stretch for a second straight season. Wow. And there's speculation that you're milking it. A lot this of money on the line. Taylor made for it. You need a buffer. You need an agent to help your cause out. And he doesn't have that here. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like, by the way, all of that. All of that probably is generated by the Baltimore Ravens and their front office. And and the reason is, and we know this, this happens in Major League Baseball arbitration. This happens in the NBA with contract disputes. This happens in all sports. The pool gets awfully dirty. All of those coaches who smiled at you and shared meals with you and asked you about your mom and, and asked you about your grandma, is she, is she still okay? Yeah, yeah, she, you told me she got sick last week. Okay, well, listen, our prayers are with her every night. I, I say a quick prayer for uh, 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 Mama Jackson. Like, let me tell you, don't, don't worry. Well, we got her. We got her. You know, okay, spirits up. Like, all those guys turn their backs on you as soon as their job's on the line to make sure that you sign for as little money as possible. And what does he miss out on without an agent? Is it $10 million? Is it 15 Is it $5 million a year on his contract? I don't know, but I do know this. That's generational wealth. Like, that alone. We're talking about the margins of his contract. Alone could change your life and your family's life and your, probably your grandchildren's life forever. So we're not talking about pennies on the dollar here. We're talking about life-changing money. It's not all about money. It's also, it's also about public perception. Because guess what? At the end of the day, even though this is a game, and it's a game that you grew up playing and you loved and you went to college, it's, it's, also, it's also entertainment. And in the world of entertainment, as much as people love to build people up, they love to tear them right back down. 
because everybody loves a comeback story. And how do you come back? Well, you got to be torn down first. So right now, we're seeing the, the story arc. Lamar Jackson, the heights couldn't have gotten higher after being uh, a 32nd overall pick. The Baltimore Ravens snuck back into the first round to get him, and he probably saved John Harbaugh's career as a head coach with Baltimore. But now, all of a sudden, we're on the backside of that peak, and it's getting pretty ugly for Lamar. So I, I don't know. I don't know if this message gets to him. Um, I'm hoping he's hearing our voice right now. I'm hoping that he's tuned in to us and listening this morning uh, out there on the East Coast. Lamar, get an agent. Lamar, get a marketing guy or girl. Find somebody who's been in this business for a long time so they can start helping you out because these decisions are not good decisions. Yeah, and now it all seeps back into what I think is a little bit more of an intriguing game than maybe the point spread indicates. I agree with you, yeah. I mean, I, I and again, this is a subplot to now the main event, which is all week long. And I'm sure the Ravens players, we just heard Coach Harbaugh talking about it. I'm sure they're getting asked this week and they're trying to deflect. I heard Calais Campbell come out and say, well, any given Sunday, you know, trying to make it about, well, you know, we're not with, we're, we don't have our quarterback and who knows what's going to happen. But anytime you roll out the ball or throw out the ball or kick the ball or whatever metaphor you want to use, any given Sunday, anything can happen. And I will say this, Lamar Jackson doesn't play defense. And this Ravens defense is pretty good since they got really Roquan is. Smith in week nine. They're fifth in yep. efficiency, third against the run. And the Bengals offensive line, no Lyle Collins at, at right tackle. Alex Kappa a little bit questionable, too, at right guard. This is a Ravens defense that can cause problems. And with Joe Burrow, three and a half sacks per game, first eight weeks, four and four. One and a half sacks allowed per game for this Bengals offensive line and Joe Burrow, eight and oh in that stretch over the last eight games. The, this is a very, very fascinating game. It could and turn into. I don't into, think the Ravens yeah. can win it, but I think they've got a chance to be in it because of their defense. We'll see what Tyler Huntley does yeah. again. Turnovers—that's the theme of the weekend. Right. But man, I—it's—it's I, it's tough that the Ravens have to answer all these questions this week because this is an interesting spot in a division. It could turn into a Ravens type performance, week. right? It could turn yeah. into a game like the Ravens want, which is just freaking ugly, yeah. just ugly, and. The Bengals, this is an interesting stat, they gained fewer than 300 yards five times this season. Happened in five games. Two of those games were against the Ravens. Mm. They held the Bengals under 300 yards. And you said it, Jared, their defense is legit. And uh, if, let's say Tyler Huntley plays a turnover-free football, right? Like, he's able to run the ball ball a little bit here. You know, you put together a drive here and there. It's a fourth-quarter game. You never know. And Joe Burrow was not sharp last week against Baltimore. So could it be competitive? Yeah, I could absolutely see a competitive yeah, game too. here. Yeah, and that's just, on. Yeah, go I ahead, just, Rich. I just, yeah, I just, I, I think that without, without Lamar Jackson, the Ravens really struggle, obviously, for obvious reasons. But if they can, if they can somehow force the Bengals to play left-handed if they can somehow rattle the cool confidence of Joe Burrow well then they have a shot but I'll tell you right now I mean if I'm in a defensive room whether it's on the secondary side the linebackers the working with the defensive front the pass rushers I'm basically putting up a picture of Joe Burrow and saying that's it that's that's the key to our future right there if you get to that man we have a chance to beat the yeah. Bengals and advance the divisional round. If we don't touch him, if he stays clean, we have no shot. 
we have no shot. You got to find a way to rattle his cage. And I'll be honest with you, I'm not sure if there's a way to rattle Joe Burrow. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't seen it yet. Uh, we've seen him get sacked nine times in a postseason and game still and still win. persevere. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we'll we'll find out. We'll find out what kind of chin he has. Uh, you know, because that that would be my game plan if I was Baltimore. By the yeah. way, so what wild. a plot. If they're able to get to Joe Burrow, they're somehow able to pull off a stunner. Most people don't see that happening. But what if, just play this out, what if the Ravens win the game? What happens with Lamar the following Lamar week? next week. Oh, my goodness. I mean, it's a problem that I think they want to have, right? Like, Absolutely. That's a, they will, everyone in that locker room will gladly answer questions about Lamar Jackson for another week if it means they get to play another week. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but that would look a little fishy, too, of like, well, we're in the divisional round. He's feeling great. Yeah, I'm good right, to go. Right. You know, like... It's a tricky situation. It Their is. season probably comes to an end tomorrow night, but uh, we'll see how it shakes out. Every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you earn BetMGM rewards points that can be redeemed for things like free bets and risk-free tokens. They can also be converted to MGM rewards points that can be used towards dining shows and hotel rooms at over 20 MGM resorts. All right, we've got Jared Smith, betting analyst. We've got Rich Ornberger, Penn State All-American. I'm Brian No. Coming up next... We could see the best performance of Super Wild Card Weekend from this guy. It's Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff, presented by BetMGM. Welcome to the biggest tailgate party in the nation. You're locked into Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff. Touchdown! And it's presented by BetMGM. The king of sportsbooks. Once again, here's Brian No, Rich Ornberger, and Jared Smith. It is Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff, presented by BetMGM. Every Thursday, be sure to check out our Countdown to Kickoff, presented by BetMGM Original Podcast, features yours truly. Also, Jared Smith and Bill Krakenberger, we give our takes on all the key lines to get you set up for the weekend in betting. That's every Thursday. Playoffs are here. Huh? Take advantage. If you get down betting-wise, definitely check out the podcast. Just search Fox Sports Radio wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, so this guy, maybe he has the best performance of Super Wild Card Weekend. What do you think about Vikings wide receiver Justin Jefferson? He's been tremendous this season. Could carve up the G-men. Uh, it's possible. It's something to keep in mind. I love this from Giants defensive coordinator Wink Martindale. He was talking about Justin Jefferson and said, he's a top two receiver in the NFL, and then quickly said, and he's not number two. <laughs> so, <laughs> the great comment from Wink. That really but, is. Uh, Wink's the best. Yeah, he really is. Uh, I could see Justin Jefferson having a huge game against the G-Men. I don't know if it's going to be the best performance of the whole weekend, but it could be on the short list when it's all said and done. He's incredible. He's incredible. What he did in that thriller against the Bills earlier this season on 4th huh. and 18 on the sideline, that one-handed grab – was singularly the best reception we've ever seen in the NFL. Just considering the circumstances, it wasn't lucky, right? You know, as much as I love Franco Harris, a Penn Stater, just like me, as much as I love the man, you couldn't meet a better person. And obviously it was uh, sad to see him pass away this year. Um, There was a, a fair amount of luck to get that play accomplished. You know, he was in the right place at the right time. The ball bounced. He got his hands on it, and it was a game-changing play. But what Justin Jefferson did 
was a culmination of all of the effort that he's put into his his you know his athletic uh, prowess and his dominance to, to to be a leaper and his coordination and air and he was fighting off a defender he was covered there was no room for that football and the fact that he w- he had the the hand strength to reel that in and then again bringing back up the down and distance and the fact that this was a gotta have it play if the Vikings were even gonna have a chance to win this football game it was outrageous and it's been that kind of season for the Vikings but a big reason for that is Justin Jefferson. I think with the remaining 14 teams that we see in this postseason, I don't know if the Vikings are going to make it that deep. I don't know. But I will say this. Uh, amongst the remaining 14 teams, in, for my money, that is the best player left amongst all of them. He is a highlight reel. Yeah, and the matchups this week. So McKinney didn't play in the last game. He's healthy. One of the safeties for the Giants, but for the most part, Adoree Jackson's the other guy that didn't play one of the starting corners in the last game. But, man, Jefferson just torched Fabian Moreau, who's going to be the other corner on the other side today, and we'll see what those matchups look like because this is this is a Giants team that is a bottom-10 team in DVOA against number-one receivers. And what did Wink Martindale just say? The number-one receiver is Justin Jefferson. So... I think that's that's going to be the great equalizer for all of the Kirk Cousins, Daniel Jones fodder that we will throw at you for this game because obviously the games revolve around the quarterbacks. But at the end of the day, I think the Vikings have a player on their roster that the Giants cannot match. And I cannot say the same about the Giants. I know Saquon Barkley's had a great year. But the Vikings are really good at stopping the run. That's kind of their strength. Defensively, they really struggle in the secondary. Daniel Jones had his best game, one of his best games of the year, when they faced off three weeks ago. Can he replicate that? Can Ed Donatel make some adjustments? And can Justin Jefferson do what Rich just said, is make those explosive plays that just suck the life right out of a defense? When the, guard, when the play is defended perfectly and he still makes the catch. That's the those are the plays that win postseason games. And I think Justin Jefferson can make them. I don't see a lot of players on the Giants skill position roster that can. Yeah, I wonder if you run it back. That was one of your better plays of the year, uh, Jared, is Probably. you had Daniel Jones against oh, the Minnesota yeah. Vikings. Completions. You might have had the attempts the, also. It was the attempts. It was the attempts. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean but- he, he went over across the board. He had his second highest passing yard total of the season in that game, 334. It was one the of his Vikings' pass defense is brutal, man. It it's is. brutal, 100%. and the Giants throw a bunch of s- short, quick stuff. So he could have a bunch of completions. And Jones with his legs scares me too. too. Those are the X factors here. Jones with his legs, and and you know what can Brian Dable come up with with obviously a very undermanned receiver group. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what can Isaac Lowenkron come up with? Mm. Yeah, that's a question on all of our minds. We're going to find out right now. I low with the latest. What's going on, bud? I'm actually going to come up with a complaint in just a moment. It has nothing to do with you guys, but 
I want you guys to weigh in. It has to do with the NFL playoffs, which kick off at 4.30 Eastern. Leading off, it's the San Francisco 49ers hosting the Seattle Seahawks in an NFC wildcard game. Then tonight at 8.15 Eastern from Jacksonville, the Jaguars, the champions of the AFC South, host the Los Angeles Chargers in an AFC wildcard game. Chargers star receiver Mike Williams ruled out with a back injury. My complaint is about a non-Fox Sports television network that insists on having these poor reporters reporting live from the stadiums 11 hours <laughs> before these games kick off. 6 o'clock in the morning in San Francisco. It's still dark. It's freezing. It's raining. And they have a poor reporter there. Why? Why? I'm just saying, I just feel so terrible for them. 11 hours before kickoff, seven and a half hours before kickoff. You you guys have seen these pregame shows. This, the stadium's empty except for the, this poor reporter. What are they going to say? <laughs> I uh, swing the other way, Ilo. I really? Think of, uh, yeah, I think a prime video. I'll never forget the, the crew after the Jags-Jets game. They were indoors. Brave the freaking elements over here. This is football. <laughs> Let's get after it. Brian. I don't have a, as much of a problem with that because there are actual other people in the stadium. I'm just yeah. Let's go out to our reporter 11 hours before kickoff. What's going on at the stadium? Uh, nothing. Back to you. Oh, <laughs> somebody it's drove gold. somebody drove by in a cart with a popcorn. All right, that's the end of Isaac's rant for the moment. Yeah, that was me. <laughs> in the NBA on Friday night, Denver defeated the Los Angeles Clippers 115 to 103 without Nikola Jokic. Denver on a five-game winning streak now in sole possession of first place in the West at 29 and 13. The Sacramento Kings with a 25-point victory over Houston behind a Demontis Sabonis triple-double. Sacramento at 23 and 18 is five games above 500 for the first time in 17 years. And in San Antonio, the Golden State Warriors defeated the Spurs 144 to 113 as part of the Spurs 50-year franchise anniversary celebration. The game was held at one of their former homes, the Alamo Dome, and it drew an NBA regular season record crowd of 68,323. But at least no NBA reporter had to be there 12 hours early. Back to you guys. <laughs> what about the weather, though, right? In San Francisco today or Santa Clara? That's a valuable information, I would say. Oh, yeah. Oh, it is. Absolutely. It's valuable. You don't necessarily need someone standing out in the rain to report, yeah, it's raining. I'm freezing <laughs> my bleep off. Back to you. Jim Cantori, right. There. Can't believe, believe in the rain unless you see it for yourself, Ilo. Yeah, good point. Could be, <laughs> could, could be CGI. I'll yeah. tell you right now, this water is wet. Back to you guys in the studio. <laughs> this wind is windy. <laughs> it is Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff, presented by BetMGM. Let's dive into this. Follow the money. Real good money. All right, we're following the money with Seamus McGee, our guy, team lead of sports trading at BetMGM. Uh, Seamus, happy Super Wild Card weekend to you. Anything that stands out? Big line movement. You're a sharp guy. Any uh, Anything that you see point spread-wise, total-wise, prop-wise that you're thinking about taking advantage of here? Hey, guys. Thanks for having me back. Um yeah, I like you guys were talking about with the weather out in uh, San Francisco today. We've seen that total start to tick uh, uh, pretty almost two points now uh, with a lot of people starting to back the under there. Um, we saw some sharp money coming in on the Ravens yesterday with uh, 
with uh, Huntley uh, being a full participant in practice. So there was a little bit of buyback there on the Ravens with that line going up to begin with when Lamar wasn't going to play. I mean, we saw a good shift in uh, points for the Bills uh, with the confirmation that it was going to be Skylar Thompson probably, it looks like today. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, a lot of weird injury news. I mean, Mike Williams was one. Uh, he got ruled out yesterday. That line actually didn't move. We were still sitting at two and a half from there. Yeah, that's a good jumping off point, I think, Seamus, because Twitter, you would have thought, or social media and, you know, obviously the media in general, you, you would have thought the Chargers already lost the game based off of the reports. And, you know, we have been very critical of Brandon Staley, and, and rightfully so this week. But the market didn't blink. And I, I could see a little bit of exposure at some of the sharper shops here in Vegas towards the Chargers as that line creeps towards three. But for the most part, no buyback on Jacksonville after the Mike Williams news yesterday. Did that surprise you? And second question, will we see a little bit of that today? Yeah, I mean, the, the news came out. and We were waiting to see what kind of action we took. I mean, there were some, uh, there were some recreational betters backing the Jags off that news, but Nothing sharp indicating that we should move off that two-and-a-half number yet. Mm. Uh, have you seen a lot of action on Dallas-Tampa Bay yet? Because now with the standalone Monday night playoff game, it sort of feels like nobody's thinking about that one until we inch closer. It sort of feels like the standard Monday night during the regular season where you know people are either limping into Monday, looking to make back everything they lost, <laughs> or maybe they're looking to add to a, a, a winning weekend. Um, so what's the handle like right now on uh, Cowboys Bucks? I mean, it's getting there. Uh, we haven't seen any of like the huge five-figure bets uh, yet on uh, that game so far. Like We took a big bet on the Giants' money line yesterday. Took a huge bet on the uh, Jags Chargers under today, uh, waiting for John Ewing to confirm whether he can release that yet. But uh, nothing too sizable yet in that Bucks Cowboys game. It's one of those games where I feel like a lot of betters are going to see how they do over the weekend. There's probably a lot of parlays involving the Cowboys and the Bucks that people are yeah. just parlaying all the wild card games. But uh, yeah, nothing too noticeable yet. You know, Seamus, no one likes to look stupid, especially betters. And I'm curious if you see that reflected in some of the, the bets heading into Super Wild Card Weekend. Where Take a couple of teams. The Chargers, they've invented ways to lose games. The Cowboys, they haven't had playoff success for the better part of the last three decades. Do you see betters shying away from those teams? Because it's like, man, I don't want to look like an idiot if I get this wrong. So Jags and the Chargers has been pretty good two-way action on the spread and the money line so far. Uh, really good uh, split going that way. And we're seeing a lot of action on the Giants, for sure. I think we're really going to need the Vikings this week. Uh, I, I, I think a lot of people have kind of caught on that maybe this Vikings team is maybe fraudulent. I think that a lot of them saw them get just whooped by Green Bay and Lambeau a couple weeks before the season ended. So... I think that's sticking out to people a lot. And I, I, I mean, Dable put on a coaching show against Philadelphia in Week 18. We're playing the JV squad, and they hung in with the Eagles all game. Yeah, I, I like hearing that the side that I'm on is the side that you guys need. That's usually <laughs> where I like to be, and we'll give out you know our picks later in the show. But th- this is an interesting weekend strategy-wise, Seamus. I-, I think when we get to this point in the year, it's fair to say that the NFL is the most efficient of all the betting markets. 
and the lines after 18 data points that we can collect from each team are as sharp as they've been. Teasers, money line parlays, ways to manipulate the lines in your favor. Is that to you a strategy that you add more value to in the postseason because if you're moving the lines in an efficient market, then you're gaining even more of an edge because the lines should be right where they are. I mean, sure. I mean, the, the, these massive uh, betting weekends for the NFL, you're always seeing people, you know, whether it's teasing using our alt lines or uh, whether it's the money line parlays, just uh, throwing them more their way. Like they want to get a little more, so they want to get a little more juice on that Giants money line bet. So they throw in, you know, a couple other big favorites. Um, that's definitely something we, we, we see around uh, weekends like these. I, I, you know, it's so weird when you look at a spread like 13 and a half. Right. I, I, it's such an uncomfortable number to bet on in the postseason. I understand, and I'm looking at the BetMGM book, I'm pretty sure that the Bills are favored by 13 and a half here uh, if I got current numbers accurate. When you see a number that high and you take a side, it's sort of like, yeah, I mean, I love the Bills. I think offensively they're fantastic. I think Josh Allen is an X factor. I think defensively that's one of the, the baddest units around in terms of beating you up and making it hard on you. But that's a lot of points. I mean, is there a lot of action on this side? I mean, are people just holding their nose and saying, yeah, I got to take the medicine because I don't think the Miami Dolphins have a chance? Yeah, we're going to need Miami this week. There's no, no two ways about it. <laughs> okay. There you go. Literally, There's the answer. Every pick, pick a line, we need the, we, we pick yeah. a number, we need the Dolphins at that number. Right. Uh, but, I mean, it's not like the Dolphins did themselves any favors with how they looked against the Jets in Week 18 in a must-win game against Joe Flacco at home. Uh, this is a Bills team. I think they're going to want to look really good going into that, you know, let's say a probable matchup against Cincinnati at home. I, I, it's, it's hard for me to picture a way where we're going we're gonna to come out looking good on our end, <laughs> for that game at least. <laughs> you know, Seamus, I think in betting, something valuable is diagnosing the game where you're like, I don't know. I, I just don't know. I don't have a good feel for how this one's going to play out, and you just avoid it. You stay away from it. So I'm curious, when you look at these six games, is there a game – which matchup are you least confident about? And then also mm. the matchup that you are the most confident about. There's a few of these this week. Like, I'm not too tempted at all to bet the Niners this week. Oh. You know, the, the third, third game against a divisional opponent. I, it, Brock Purdy's been spectacular so far, but this is still the last pick in the NFL draft. I, I don't want to lay over a touchdown with that guy at quarterback in, in, in the elements. I've seen what the Niners have done in a monsoon in Chicago week one. Yeah. I, I'm not sure if I want to touch that. I like, don't, I'm not crazy about what I like in the Tampa Bay Dallas game. Uh, I, I, if I had to pick one I'm most confident on, I, I really like the Vikings this week. <laughs> it's, it's strange to say, but, you know, I, I'm not a huge – I don't put a lot of stock into trends, but what I do like is the uh, first-time playoff QB playing against an experienced playoff quarterback. And I think the, the inexperienced playoff quarterback is something like 35% against the spread. It's less than that. Um, it's 28.5%, Seamus. 14-35-1 ATS. I've been all over this trend this week. I love the Vikings it, this week. I'm, it, I'm with it's them. A, Again, I don't like to put a lot of stock in trends, but when context is involved in something like this, I think there's definitely some value in that. 
Um, Giants have been a great story, but I think playing at home, I, I think the Vikings can, can definitely take this by a field goal. And another thing, too, again, you can provide context here. They just played three weeks ago, and the line was four and a half. What has changed in three weeks that has moved it onto the most key number now of three? And you're getting a good favorable price at three. I'm seeing even minus five. I mean, it, it, it's a cheap three now for Minnesota. What's changed in three weeks to push the line one and a half points towards the Vikings? I mean, let's just let's go with the next the following week. I the Giants yeah, that's it. steamrolled a, a bad Colts team. But, I mean, they took care of business. Credit to them for doing that. And then that, that, uh, that same afternoon, you saw the Vikings get absolutely rolled over by, by the Packers. And then, like, last week, obviously, the Giants are almost coming off a buy on with their offensive unit. And the Vikings, I mean, Kirk Cousins played, like, what, three quarters in Chicago? Like, they yeah. were clearly just trying to get right for this week. So I think that is really what's driving a lot of what this number means right now. Seamus, you're the man. Always appreciate your time, man. Hope you enjoy all the ball. Thanks. There he is, Seamus McGee, team lead of sports trading at BetMGM. We could talk about how complicated other banks make it to redeem credit card rewards, or we could talk about how with Discover, you can redeem your rewards for cash in any amount at any time. I mean, talk about amazing. Learn more at discover.com slash redeem rewards. Terms apply. Okay, we got a lot more coming up. We've got Jared Smith betting analyst he puts on the spectacles he looks at analytics <laughs> breaks it all down we've got I'm a rich ornberger penn state all-american i'm brian no coming up next there are opportunities before the games and there are opportunities during the games we'll break it down for you it's fox sports radio's countdown to kickoff presented by BetMGM. Kickoffs are coming soon, and we're leading you up to them. This is Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff, presented by BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. Once again, here's Brian No, Rich Ornberger, and Jared Smith. Are you kidding me? It's Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff, presented by BetMGM. We're nearing five and a half hours until kickoff. That's right. We've got two games today. First one at 4.30 p.m. Eastern time. Let's dive into this. Here we go. Not live yet. Live betting. Ready to go. Oh, yes. It's brought to you by Discover. We could talk about how complicated other banks make it to redeem credit cards. Or we could talk about how with Discover you can redeem your credit, your rewards for cash in any amount at any time. I mean, talk about amazing. Learn more at discover.com slash redeem rewards. Terms apply. All right. We're looking for in-game betting opportunities. Once these games kick off, what opportunities could be presented our way we'll start with you jared smith anything you see in your crystal ball here yeah i I think just the weather in in, in santa Clara is kind of on my radar pun intended here um we don't know right right now it's raining and it's windy but as isaac just said it's not gonna the game's not gonna be played for another eight hours check what's happening right when the game starts watch the pregame watch the opening kickoff if rain and wind is a factor at that time more than we think now well, then, obviously, the live unders, the prop unders, all of those uh, shirt certainly should be taken into strong consideration. Um, here's what I'm looking at. You got Cincinnati favored by eight and a half, hosting the Baltimore Ravens. 
I think Cincinnati wins this game. I'm not in love with the line. I, it, it just feels like, look, divisional rival, it's the third time you play a team. I think it's going to be a closer game than that. So if you feel like me, and this game starts slow, Cincinnati typically a pretty fast starting team. They're up there in the top ten in terms of first half scoring. But if Baltimore finds a way to slow down Joe Burrow and company and this line comes down and you still love the Bengals, you might be able to get them at a discount if you want to pick that side. So that first half of Bengals-Ravens, I'm going to be staring at pretty closely. Like it. Like that you're staring over here. Very good. Um, (laughs) You know, I hit an in-game opportunity in the regular season, Giants-Vikings. I took the in-game over. It was a little... Lower scoring at the time, and I thought we'd see fireworks at the end, and we got it. So that hit, if a similar scenario presents itself tomorrow, I'd be looking to pounce. The Vikings' pass defense is freaking brutal. You know, the Giants, I don't know how you contain Justin Jefferson. Let's just say the game starts off a little slowly. I'd be looking at the in-game over in that one. I'd keep your eye on uh, Giants-Vikings. It worked in the regular season, might work in the playoffs as well. See how that That shakes out. That would be wild. Wild card weekend. Yeah. It's going to be wild. It should be. Oh, yes. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. Hey, we're not done being wild yet. We have got a smorgasbord of topics right around the corner, including overtime strategy. What do you do in this scenario? We will diagnose. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Oh, what's going on, everybody? Welcome in. Super Wild Card Weekend is upon us. Feel it. Feel it wash all over you. I cannot wait. It's going to be fantastic. You know, we got to get to the matchups here momentarily, but we got topics galore. We have a smorgasbord of topics. This one actually came from Jared Smith. Interesting. He hit the text thread, and he said, guys, if there's time today, Might want to talk about the new overtime rules. There's a lot of chatter about if it's an overtime game, do you kick off first Mm. instead of receive? So we all know the rules. We've seen it in the regular season. It's a little bit of a tweak in overtime uh, in the postseason where if uh, both teams get a ball, get the chance, right? Unless you give up a touchdown on that first drive. And... uh, uh, Or or, are we doing that in overtime here? Do both teams... So, if you so touchdown on the first drive. The other team gets the ball. Gets oh, yeah. the ball. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, so yeah. that it's a okay. whole new Good. bag I'm glad of worms. You squared everything away over here. So, yes. So we've got that because of the Josh Allen situation with the Bills. Bills didn't get the ball. Chiefs scored a touchdown. So now it's a a whole new ball game over here. So what do you do first? Do you take the ball or do you kick off? It's interesting to think about that. The first team that comes to mind, actually, is San Francisco. Now, we might not see overtime in this game. Let's say we do. If you're San Francisco, you got to think about this. Let's say it's uh, the weather plays a part. You've got your rookie quarterback, Brock Purdy, and you've got a really strong defense. So let's say you kick off and you stop Geno Smith and company and you get the ball in good field position, only needing a field goal. Like, it might be a decent strategy situationally to kick off. I wouldn't say you do it every single time, but I would absolutely entertain it with certain situations if they're presented to you. Yeah, listen, I, I, I think that analytically there are so many different ways to peel this uh, this citrus, right? You know, I mean, 
<laughs> some people like to take out a knife and they're carefully cut around, you know, the the little uh, the little stem. Some people just bite into it to get it started. I mean, you know, it's it, look. I I I think that we get way too analytical with football or all sports sometimes. And I understand maybe in baseball there's a huge advantage because it's such a long season and it's such an individualized sport, pitcher versus hitter, that maybe when you extrapolate all these numbers over the long run, it makes sense to make certain adjustments. I get it. But in football, there's a lot of feel still. And I think you got to really base it on the way the game's been played. You know, if you feel like your offense stands the best chance to go out there and get the ball first because you've kept their defense on the field for the entirety of the second half, you know, catching up to tie a football game, well, then keep them on their heels, you know what I mean? There's something to be said about momentum, and there's something to be said about exhaustion. I, I mean, there's a lot of people out there who are pushing pencils, you know, calling themselves analysts who've never been on a football field for 40 plays and a half and exhausted as an offense is just beating you down and beating you down and beating you down, and then all of a sudden it's overtime. You've given the game away, and you're telling me i got to go back out there against that offense? Holy cow, here we go again. But, you know, maybe there's analysts out there who say, well, you should actually defer on the uh, opening kickoff of overtime because per the rules, blah, blah, blah. You know, it's uh, – it, it's it's yes look at the numbers and sometimes yes trust the numbers but also understand momentum understand injury understand how players are feeling and how your offensive coordinator is dealing those things are important too totally agree i i think coaches outsmart themselves sometimes in a lot of these decisions and the analytics have become a big part of the game, but they are not the full game by any stretch of the imagination. And I think the best coaches are the ones that are able to balance, just like life. Life's all about making decisions. You can go down road A or road B. Both offer different angles, but it's all about gauging where the game is currently and then making a decision that's based either in numbers or in, in gut. And I, I think every game will be different. I can tell you that all of the nerd analysts that I have seen talking about this today have not given a definitive answer on whether or not the models say it's better to kick off or receive in overtime now that the rules have changed. It's kind of 50-50, and I think that's what the NFL wants because now I think it will be more – like before it was a no-brainer, right? There was no analytics involved. You get the kickoff in overtime, you take the ball 100% right. of the time. Totally. Now, there's nuance there, and I think it adds a level of intrigue that the NFL probably wants. First of all, if a playoff game goes to overtime, the intrigue is there already. Now it adds another level, and I kind of hope we get an opportunity to see which coaches decide to go in which. I'm not saying every game is going to go overtime, but I'll tell you what. Chargers, Jags, Staley and, and Peterson, I'd yeah. be fascinated to see what decisions they make because I don't think it's cut and dry, black and white like it was last year. That's for sure. I think there's a real argument, and I would lean to, again, this is situational, but I would lean to more times than not kicking off wow. because I'll give you a couple of reasons. Look at college football. It's not the best comparison, but when we go to overtime in college football, what do teams do? They almost always go on defense because you know 100%. what you need to do. You know what 100%. you need to get. So how is that 
completely worlds different in the NFL. You would know what you need. If you kick off, you go on defense first. Let's say you give up a field goal. Okay, we need at least a field goal. We could win with the touchdown. Can I give you a rebuttal really quick? Yeah. The reason why I would take the ball, you're guaranteed to touch it twice. You get the ball. Well, I take that back. Not really. If you score a touchdown. Let's right. hold on. I'll rephrase. Eh. <laughs> if you score, unless the other team goes for two on that right. second touchdown. But again, that is also a very risky move. If you take the ball first and you score a touchdown, you are all but guaranteed to touch it again. That's the argument, I think, for taking the ball. I will offer a counter rebuttal to your rebuttal. There we go. Let's get it. So this is great. I love this. If you defer the opening kickoff and you get, even if you win the toss and you give the other team the opportunity um, and you go on defense or you you choose honestly to kick and you go on defense, um, my thought process is this: if you intercept or fumble recovery for a touchdown, the game's over. That's true. Or if the kickoff is is fumbled and you recover for a touchdown, the game's over. Because the second team, regardless of if um, possession was secured, even on the opening kickoff or not, if the attempt was to give a team possession to start overtime and the other team scores, they're still considered the second team to possess it and the game will be over on that play. So you could have presumably a situation where you kick the football and the returner is stripped, the fumble is recovered, taken to the house, and within the opening seconds of overtime, the game is decided. No other opportunity exists for the first team who was originally supposed to get the ball to start overtime gets the ball. So there may be a competitive advantage, and I I I would imagine a lot of coaches who as long as they're examining the rule book the way we just all did um, and turning this thing over a couple of times, I imagine a lot of coaches are going to want to kick the football off. Mm. Yeah. And they're going to want to play defense first. What do you think the I odds agree. are all the coaches studied this this week? Oh, Can you absolutely. name the ones that maybe didn't? <laughs> oh, let me think. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see. Is there one? Uh, Mike Is Brandon Staley like, wait a minute. What are we yeah, doing Brandon Staley <laughs> Yeah. Mike Starr is off the field for overtime, maybe. I saw that. And Mike McDaniel is a really cerebral guy. And, like, obviously all these head yeah. coaches are smart. I'm sure teams, he but, studied it. But but there but there was the funniest thing because they showed that that um, that B-roll of him sort of dancing around while his players were in their stretch lines. And they were like, Mike McDaniel coaches the Miami Dolphins like his dad's the CEO and is on vacation, and he's running the company while he's away. <laughs> I just read this meme, and I'm like, that is a perfect description. It is description. 100% true. But, he, but he's, he's – look, he's an amazing practitioner and obviously a well-studied guy like all these guys are, and they surround themselves with smart people. But like yeah. you said, Jared, these coaches can outsmart themselves. 100%. Yeah. Sean McVay is the king of it. I, I think they, he was the king of it. Well, and I also think this – trends happen in the NFL. We hear this all the time. It's a copycat league. So someone's got to be the first. Let's say we get an overtime game this weekend, and that first coach says, we're kicking off. We're going on defense first. And let's say it doesn't work out at all. That could establish a trend until things go yeah. differently. I, hope I could see that happening. I, but I think see it makes all the sense in the world. Money where their mouth is. Yeah. yeah, I think kicking off makes all the sense in the world. If you get a stop, you're in business. If you get a takeaway, 
you got a stranglehold in that situation. So I think it makes it's a ton so of weird sense because it just off. goes against the one hundred percent trend of taking the ball every yep. other. The rules are different in the, the history rules are completely of the NFL. Different now. It is, it, and it's funny how they changed the rules. And now I am curious. I wish we could. T- the, the coaches wouldn't answer like honestly or truthfully, but I wish we could take a poll and and see which coaches would kick and which coaches would take the ball. I know. Yeah, we'll like like an anonymous that. poll or something. Right, yeah, like yeah. a straw hey, poll, the way, grassroots. There's, there's something to be said, though, about like, you know, I'm and again, we're talking about the most important part of your season, you know, the most scrutiny, and everybody's obviously hyper aware of everything, but there is that aspect of this rule. There's one set of rules in place for overtime in the regular season, and then there's another set of rules in place for overtime in the postseason, and there's a lot going on, a lot of media. Trust me when I tell you this. I've been in the postseason four times over my career in the NFL. All of a sudden, all of those other reporters who are spread thin across 32 teams are now only yeah. spread thin across 14. And then there's only, you know, uh, uh, what is it, come down to 12 more matchups. I, I, I mean, it's it gets smaller and smaller and smaller, the group of teams left to play and the the locker rooms get more and more crowded and so you got a lot of distractions around and so as a result of that things slip through the cracks so imagine if you're going out to the coin toss and you know you're you're thinking it's the regular season OT rules mm, and you make a mistake yeah. and you say and you we want the ball mistake. the coach was like I really wanted the kick what are you doing yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm sure the decisions the will get second-guessed a million times on social media this weekend whenever it does happen. I hope it does. Please, please, give what's one overtime game I hope today. it's tonight. It's yeah, like I, you hope said, so Jared, I hope I hope really it's Chargers-Jacksonville, <laughs> and I oh, hope man. it's Brandon Staley's decision. <laughs> if he does something that's quote-unquote unconventional oh, man, and kicks off first crucified. and it doesn't work out, man. He's, what do you think about this real fast? I, I think if the Chargers lose this game to Jacksonville, he very well might be out of a gig. Man. He very well could. could. You've got Sean Payton got vibe, lurking. But... If you can upgrade to Sean Payton, that's with there's Justin no doubt Herbert, that's an upgrade. Yeah. Yes, with Justin Herbert. And also, the decision last week, you played your guys. Mike Ugh. Williams got hurt. If you lay an egg today against Jacksonville, I would not be shocked at all if Staley is out of a gig. I think that the Chargers are going to win the game. But if they don't, I would not be surprised if his head rolls. I just don't know if they could afford Sean Payton. And I mean that. Like, I, yeah. I mean, the reason why Brandon Staley got this job is because he's young and cheap. Yep. You know, and that's the reality of the <laughs> Los Angeles Chargers right Why now. Why do you think is, I got this job? It, I, well, they're, <laughs> <laughs> they're, you know, they're, they're kind of a cash poor franchise right now. And, and, and I mean, this is publicly known because they're actively being sued by their own family members. So <laughs> some, some, like because of mis- misappropriation. So Chargers, right? The yeah, verb like, strikes yeah. again. It's just it's uh, so I don't I don't necessarily think they're in the running for Sean Payton. And I do think because they got, you know, we're, we're still working on, quote unquote, the rookie contract with uh, with Brandon Staley. And you may even be able to, you know, if things go well, re-sign him for a hometown discount here, considering how it's sort of been touch and go at times. I, I, yeah, I don't, I don't necessarily see him letting go of him, but I do agree with you. I think that this game is going to be one of the more heavily scrutinized games from that standpoint. No it's doubt. a complete roller coaster ride with Brandon Staley. It was just a couple of weeks ago. He was getting a ton of praise, and I think rightfully so, for his defensive game plan against the Dolphins. Yeah, the Dolphins really? offense was flying high at the time. Tua did nothing. They yep. took away the middle of the field. 
press the receivers. It was a great defensive game plan. It's just a couple of weeks later, it's like, yeah, he could be fired. He could be gone. <laughs> right. Why were they playing their guys against Denver? Right, what exactly. is he doing? It's constant. And when you look at these games, like to me, the the nature of the quarterback play is where it starts and ends. And that's why I think this game particularly has a lot of variance involved. Already, before you even get to the head coaches, which on the other side, Doug Peterson could be a bit of a gunslinger himself. Oh, yeah. I, and then you have two rookies. And we just heard from Seamus, the, the, the first-time quarterbacks. We have a lot of first-time. We have a lot of all of them are all return matchups, all games we saw during the regular season. And most of them feature quarterbacks that have never played in a postseason game before, except for the Monday night game for the most part. So there's just a lot of variance involved with these games. First-time quarterbacks, first-time head coaches, and all games games that we have film on tape from prior this season, which means if I'm a coach watching that film, I'm trying to break tendency and not do what I did all year when I played these teams last. So that makes it really hard to predict when we're trying to bet, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Welcome to betting. You know, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Not easy. Hey, every Thursday, be sure to check out our countdown to kickoff presented by BetMGM original podcast features yours truly. Also, Jared Smith and Bill Krakenberger. We give our takes on all the key lines, prop bets, angles, get you set for the weekend in betting. That's every Thursday. Playoffs are here. Take advantage. A lot of good information. Just search Fox Sports Radio wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, we've got Jared Smith, betting analyst, Rich Orenberger, shaved clavicle, Jeff in the making, ready to go for playoff uh, action over here. I'm Brian No, Coming up next, it is the matchup of Super Wild Card Weekend, and it has a headline that has nothing to do with the matchup. We'll tell you about that coming up. It's Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff, presented by BetMGM. Welcome to the biggest tailgate party in the nation. You're locked into Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff. Touchdown! And it's presented by BetMGM. The king of sportsbooks. Once again, here's Brian No, Rich Hornberger, and Jared Smith. Welcome back to Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff, presented by BetMGM. New users, download the BetMGM app today and use code COUNTDOWN for a special offer. That's code COUNTDOWN in the BetMGM app. Okay, I think it's the matchup of Super Wild Card Weekend. It would be the Cowboys against Tampa Bay. Tampa, this is the Monday night game. Tampa, a two-and-a-half-point home underdog. And I don't want to take us away from the matchup, but just a little side street on this one. One of the headlines has nothing to do with the game. It's Tom Brady in this report that going to the Dolphins is definitely on the table. Right. And it's just such strange timing leading into this game against the Cowboys that we're talking about Brady maybe being a part of the Finns next week but here we are welcome to uh craziness and normally we're thinking about the cowboys when there's craziness going on (laughs) but right now it's tampa as far as this headline goes well if we've learned one thing over the past couple of years about tom brady winning a super bowl with a new team and really opening up his production of social media and his production in media in general i mean he owns a production company um he can multitask Right. You know, I mean, this guy is uh, not just a talented uh, football player, but businessman as well. And outside of, you know, endorsing FTX, I mean, have there ever been (laughs) really any moments where we've second guessed him? The answer is really no. So it would not shock me if that while he is working on 
his next potential Super Bowl run, he's also working on where's the next landing spot. Um, because as we found out when he was departing New England, he had those irons in the fire. Even though they were in the postseason, he, he was shopping around and he was trying to find what the best possible fit was going to be for him in the future and maybe even trying to steal a head coach on his way. And, well, that head coach, by the way, is available um, you know, does that mean that he'll necessarily work with Sean Payton wherever he ends up? Probably not. If he ends up in Miami, definitely not. I think they're pretty happy with Mike McDaniel there. Um, but we'll see. I, I think I, I can name about four or five teams that make a whole lot of sense for Tom Brady. And that says, honestly, a lot more about Tom Brady than it does about those teams because he's still that good and he's turning 45. Yeah, the numbers on Tom haven't fallen off at all. I think it's just fair to question a lot of the play calling, and we'll get into it when we cap this game, but just Byron Leftwich's overall malaise with early downs and, and how he handles that. And I, I think there's a lot of other coaches in the league that think they can still get the most out of Tom at this age. You know, and, and it's it's all about the pieces around him and again the the, the how the how the, the offense is constructed. I throw the Raiders into the mix. I think that's an interesting landing spot. He was I know there was reports of that during his first little go around here before Tampa and obviously Miami, but I don't have a really strong vibe on on where he's gonna go after the season. I, I, I think it's I, I still think he views it very much as we have a game and a Super Bowl to win. And there's some people that I respect that think Tampa Bay if the offensive coordinator, and, and if the offense can kind of replicate what they did against Carolina a couple weeks ago, which is throw early and throw often, then there's a chance that maybe they can make a little run here. But obviously, Monday night's game is going to be really tough, and you know there's going to be a lot of really experienced and very talented pass rushers that are going to want to take Tom's lunch money more than he lost with FTX. You know, I just wanted to verify this. This is one of the stats of Super Wild Card Weekend. Tom Brady has 35 playoff wins. That's the same number as the Dallas Cowboys' entire franchise history. Yeah, yeah. That's insane. And the funny thing is, I always go to Pro Football Reference to verify some of this stuff, and you see the nicknames at the top. And so for Tom Brady, it's TB12, you know. The GOAT. The GOAT. And then you get to this, the Pharaoh. Who has ever called Tom Brady the Pharaoh? Have you ever? No, not, not me. <laughs> I've nope. never heard that before. Parting of the Red Seas. What is this, Passover? Huh? Yeah. Like commandments? Listen. Yep, but he's got the same number of playoff wins as the Cowboys' entire franchise. It's pretty amazing. Okay. But I also think this. I think that you can't get caught up in the history. If you look at Tampa Bay, they've proven time and time and time again that they stink this season. They're 8-9 and nine in a decrepit division. And the Cowboys, I get it. They've had these playoff calamities left and right. But it's not about then. It's about now. And do you think Dallas is the better play now? If you do, forget about the history. It doesn't matter when Monday rolls around at all. Yeah, it really doesn't. It really honestly doesn't. But I will say this. When when you go to, um, I don't know, build a house, you want the guy who's who's doing it for the first time, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Or we, get heart, open heart surgery. Yeah, yeah, you want the you cardiovascular want the, you want, yeah, surgeon. Yeah, you want Doogie Howser doing it, or you right. want, you know, the experienced doctor. Yeah, the guy who just wrapped up his residency and yeah. his internship, or do you want the guy who's been on the job for 20 years and maybe has I want the guy. 
I'll answer that. I want the guy who's done it for 20 plus years, but if the team around him sucks, I got to take that into account. <laughs> if, if the anesthesiologist is, is yeah. fresh off the, you know, <laughs> off, her, off, off his or her medical school. Yeah, I agree. No, yeah, no, listen, point. I, I just point. look at it this way. When, when you are, uh, when, when you're going to war, uh, and, and I'm sure anybody would, would tell you this who's been in the military and obviously during my playing career, I've many times I've interacted with members of our armed services. And, uh, you know, you talk about leadership with these guys, whether it's the Navy SEALs or the Army or the Marines or the Air Force, anybody, anybody who served, you talk to them about leadership and they talk about how important that is. And good, experienced, high composure leadership is what you need when, like, the bullets are flying for real. Like, yeah. where everybody has that moment of panic, but then you look to your right and you see a guy who's been there before and it just automatically calms you down. That's Tom Brady. And I remember in the worst of times when I was playing with guys like Brady or Phillip Rivers, when you look at them and you realize, like, oh, no, 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 we're, we're still good. We got a chance because these guys are great, and especially with Tom, because he was unflappable in those situations. That's the reason why, yeah, you want to talk about Micah Parsons, you want to talk about Dak Prescott and his, his incredible ability to take over games with his accurate passing and Zeke Elliott and the year he has had close to the goal line and Tony Pollard and all the weapons that they have offensively now with CeeDee Lamb. And I, and I want to make it about Dallas, too, but when you talk about this game, it basically comes down to one guy wearing the number 12 for the past, you know, two decades plus. I, I If he has a good day, like if Tom Brady has a really good day, you sort of know the Bucks are going to win, right? That mm-hmm. That's the way it feels like to me. And, and I, maybe I'm too biased because I played with the guy. Maybe I'm too <laughs> biased because I love what he's done for our game. But um, – but, yeah, I just – I can't see it any other way. And it goes to the other side, too, when you look at the team he's facing this week and that exact scenario plays out like you just said, Rich. The bullets are flying. Things are going bad. Adversity is striking. Dak Prescott being the other quarterback. And I don't want to take anything away from what Dak's accomplished in his career, but I don't feel the same way. And also, on the defensive side of the ball, they don't have that leader either, especially in the secondary. Their secondary, specifically the cornerback positions, have been very boomer bust for this Cowboys team. And Tom is just so good at absorbing, diagnosing, and then executing. And I don't know if Dallas is secondary. Now, now that's not to say that the Tampa Bay defense doesn't have their issues too. They've been a little bit leaky in the back as well. And CeeDee Lamb and those guys certainly could present some problems. But with the Tampa offensive line now getting healthy, Jensen, I think, trending in a positive direction. Wirfs and Smith are back. And I, I could just, I could see the secondary for Dallas. If Byron Leftwich decides to throw on early downs, please, Byron, do it. It's for everyone's benefit, especially my over ticket. This is a secondary that I think can be had, and it's the the numbers aren't good. And Tom's probably one of the best. He is the best quarterback that the Cowboys' defense has faced over the last six weeks. Here, here are the def- or here are the quarterbacks he's faced: Trevor Lawrence, the Jags. They 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 got Dallas pretty good. The other quarterbacks: Davis Mills, Matt Ryan, Gardner Minshew, Josh Dobbs, Sam Howell. 
Since week 13, Dallas's secondary is 25th in passing DVOA against mm. those quarterbacks. Tom's better than all of them by a mile. Well, I think a big part of this game is how well does Tampa defend the run? Because in week one, I know it was, you got to go in the hot tub time machine to get back to week one, but Tampa gave up <laughs> 71 rushing yards in that game. And Dallas scored three points. Dak broke his thumb at the end of the game, but Dallas's offense could do nothing. So you think about these last seven weeks, Dak has thrown 11 interceptions in the last seven games. So let's say Dallas's run game isn't that effective. Well, there's more pressure on Dak, and you got to throw it a little bit more. And if he's turning the ball over, yeah, I could see a path to Tampa winning. Uh, there's certainly a path to either team winning here. But I think that, listen, Tom Brady is a huge part of this game, but he's not the only part. And the way that Tampa has played this entire season, an 8-9 and nine team in a decrepit division, like I can't just bypass that and be like, well, the records are 0-0 zero and zero now. You know, right? I got to take that into account as well. We're taking into account Isaac Lowenkron. I'm taking notes during this update, as I always do. He's going to share some valuable information with us. I love what's going on, man. Speaking of valuable information, we indeed have some fun breaking NBA news that I think you guys will enjoy. That's coming up, but first we get ready for the first day of the NFL playoffs. It kicks off at 4.30 Eastern with an NFC wildcard game as the San Francisco 49ers host the Seattle Seahawks. ESPN reports Seahawks defensive end Shelby Harris will play today. He'd been listed as questionable because of a knee injury. Then tonight at 8.15 Eastern from Jacksonville, it's the Jaguars, the champions of the AFC South against the Los Angeles Chargers in an AFC wildcard game. The playoff debuts for two of the top young star quarterbacks in the NFL in Trevor Lawrence and Justin Herbert. However, Chargers star receiver Mike Williams was ruled out of this game because of a back injury. In the NBA on Friday night, Denver defeated the Los Angeles Clippers 115-103 without Nikola Jokic. Denver on a five-game winning streak now in sole possession of first place in the West at 29-13. Sacramento with 25-point victory over Houston. Sacramento now 23-18, five games above 500 for the first time in 17 years. Now, do you guys remember how the Utah Jazz's home arena used to be called the Delta Center? Yeah. Yeah. Well, guess what? The Delta Center is coming back. Oh, there we go. The home of the Jazz will once again be known as the Delta Center starting in July. It was known as the Delta Center from its opening in 1991 through 2006. Since then, it was known as first... Energy Solutions Arena, which was notable because Energy Solutions was actually the name of a nuclear waste disposal company. I'm not making that up. Nice. And presently, Vivint Smart Home Arena. But starting in July, it will once again be known as the Delta Center. And here's hoping the trend continues for some other poorly renamed arenas throughout America. <clears throat> Staples Center. <clears throat> Back yeah, there's you. a bunch of them now. I can't even keep track anymore of who's. It's because all the stupid names are going out of business or bankrupt, and they have to like change them on the fly. That's why my... Fenway Park and Wrigley Field. Although I yeah. guess that's technically a some brand. of my childhood right there. Exactly. The Delta Center when Michael Jordan. The Rose Garden is another one. What is it now? The Moda Utah. Center. Yeah. All right, it's Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff. We're brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive. 
NFL.com. All right, let's dive headfirst into this. Prop it up. Let's go play. Player plays. Ah, the prop bets. I feel like doing just a nesty plunge into the prop bets over here. (laughs) A lot of possibilities. Love it. We'll start with you, Jared. What's on your list? Yeah, I I love Keenan Allen in this game. And and I I think tonight, six and a half is where his reception prop currently at BetMGM. It's gone up, obviously, since the Mike Williams news. But I still think target share is key. Nine or more targets in five of six games. And now with Mike Williams out, I think that target share will even go up. So I'd play his over. And I would also look, if I had to pick a guy in the Niners-Seahawks game, weather permitting, obviously, if it's a complete total downpour, do not bet this. But three and a half is a fair receptions number on George Kittle. Um, Seattle gives up uh, the third most targets to tight ends this season at almost eight per game. And Kittle had a really good game against him a few weeks ago. And again, the security blanket nature, I think, is going to be a big part of this. So I'll give you Kittle and I'll give you Keenan Allen. Over receptions for both guys today. Love it. Love it. Um, I'm only looking at one prop that I've fallen in love with for today's slate. And here it goes. Brock Purdy. Oh, Listen, wow. Okay. Rock Lobster. If you are the 49ers offensive staff with the weather in the Bay Area and the fact that Brock Purdy is making his first ever playoff start and just became a starting quarterback like a month ago, the Niners need to take the ball out of Brock's hands and just let him manage this one. Style points don't matter. Win ugly. Run the absolute stuffing out of this football. Yeah. Brock Purdy against the Seahawks defense. The numbers set at 219 and a half passing yards. I'm taking the under, and they're moving on to the divisional round. I like it. There you go. I like that one. Mm. I'm going to look to the Pharaoh. I'm going to look at Tom Brady over here. <laughs> the Pharaoh. <laughs> the Pharaoh. Um, I would be absolutely floored if Tampa just had great success running the ball. They just can't do it. Their offensive line hasn't been very good this season against Dallas. I think they're going to have modest success at best running the ball. I'm going to take over 42.5 passing attempts. It sounds like this huge number. What are they going to do against Dallas, who has a great pass rush? They're going to throw a bunch of short, quick passes. I like it. And the, the crazy thing here, too, is if Tampa is leading late, they're still going to have to throw it. I mean, you're going to have to chuck the ball here and there because I don't think they're going to be able to run it, especially if Dallas is expecting it late. So I like Tom Brady to get to at least 43 passing attempts against Dallas. Yeah. And again, I think it's game script, right? Like when we talk about props, I know what their prior hit rates are. Eh, it doesn't matter as much in the playoffs. Game script in the playoffs when you're trying to pick these props matter. Is the team going to be ahead? Is the team going to be behind? Do you think even if they are ahead, they're still going to throw it? And with the, the Bucs, I, I agree. I, I think that's the strategy, 100%. Yeah. Man, we might have to parlay all these things. Uh-oh. That good. That feels the good. The old parlay button. It's like bundling at an insurance company. <laughs> that's, right. that's right. Just saved don't a bunch you... of money on my parlay by switching to props. <laughs> yeah. Don't just uh, insure your RV. Bundle it with your boat and ATV. What are you doing? Yeah, right? There yeah. you go. Progressive flow over here. There you go. All right. So we've got Jared Smith, betting analyst, with us today. We've got Rich Ornberger, the Penn State All-American with us as well. I'm Brian No, We still have a lot to do. Six luscious games. So many possibilities with predictions, 
betting angles. We'll give you a bunch of picks right around the corner. It is Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff, presented by BetMGM. Kickoffs are coming soon, and we're leading you up to them. This is Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff, presented by BetMGM. The king of sportsbooks. Once again, here's Brian No, Rich Ornberger, and Jared Smith. Are you kidding me? It is Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff, presented by BetMGM. A little more than four and a half hours away until kickoff. We've got two games today over Super Wild Card Weekend. Very much looking forward to it. Shout out to the crew, by the way. Isaac Lohenkron on the updates. Ryan Bershinger, tremendous job producing the show. And our technical producer, Iowa Sam. Iowa Sam had some elbow grease going on, figuring out stuff at the beginning of the show. Did a fantastic job. Top of the hour, up on game. LeVar Arrington, TJ Hushmanzada, Plaxico Burris. They'll get you all set for a big, big playoff football weekend here. All right, we got to get to the picks. Let's do it. Rapid fire. Ah, yes. Hey, be sure to follow BetMGM across all socials at BetMGM. Jared, we'll start with you. Three picks. Any direction you want to go in, the floor is yours. All right, I'm going Bills in the first half, laying seven points. The Skyler is not the limit. Sorry, Brian, but I think the motion's running very high in Orchard Park. I think Buffalo gets off to a fast start, and I think the Dolphins just kind of happy to have a seat at the table here for what should be a very interesting game between the Bills and Dolphins. I'm laying three with the Vikings in Kirk. We trust since 2002, first-time playoff quarterbacks against non-first-timers. Just 14-35 and 35 against the spread. That's 28%. 0-3 last season, Jalen Hurts. Kyler Murray, Mac Jones all got blown out. Brian Dable's building something great with the Giants. I think he's the coach of the year, but even Eli Manning got shut out in his first ever playoff game. I think it could be a rocky ride for Daniel Jones. And the over 45 and a half Cowboys and Bucks shoot out at the new sombrero. The Cowboys secondary has been torched by Davis Mills, Matt Ryan, Gardner Minshew, Josh Dobbs, Sam Howell, and Trevor Lawrence over the last six weeks. I think it's going to be a big day for Brady, and I think there's going to be points on Monday night. So there you go. Vikings minus three. Cowboys Bucks over 45 and a half bills minus seven in the first half loving it loving it last week i was one and one with a push let's win all three this week jaguars are hosting the chargers i think this game comes down to the pass rush i think both of these quarterbacks are going to get harassed i'm predicting turnovers the number set at 47 i'm taking the under here all right tom brady at home as an underdog against Dallas, enough said. If you're giving me points here, I'm taking them. Give me the Buccaneers plus two and a hook. Death taxes and Seamus specials. That's what life's all about. I mean, those are the only constants. Our favorite book manager, if he gives you a gift, you take the gift. Capiche? Vikings favored by three at home against the Giants. Give me the Vikings. I'm loving it. I'm loving prop bets here. I've got three of them for you. I am doubling down on Tom Brady passing attempts over 42 and a half. You got Micah Parsons and company breathing down your neck. Brady's passer rating has been fantastic when he gets rid of the football in 2.5 seconds or less. A lot of quick passes. I see Brady throwing it at least 43 times in this game. I'm going to look at Minnesota. Big time players. 
make big-time plays in big-time games. That's Justin Jefferson. I am going to take the over, and it's saucy, 92.5. He gets to at least 93 receiving yards. I see him in triple digits against the Giants. And close your ears on this one, Jared. This is not a troll job. I actually do believe in this. Evan Ingram over 41.5 receiving yards. We were on it last week, but think about this. The Jags tight end going up against the Chargers. Christian Kirk has done most of his damage from the slot. Yeah. And you've got the Chargers. They're a top five defense against slot receivers. So I think Trevor Lawrence, in what could be a shootout, is going to look Evan Ingram's way. I see him getting 42 receiving yards. Yeah. Big analytics guy over here. Yeah. He can hang. Oh, he can hang. I can put my He can hang with the nerds. Yeah, I can. I can get all uh, nerdy on you if you want. All right, we got time for this. Let's do it. This is the best play of the day. It's a touchdown. Give it to me. All right, Jared, what do you have circled in bold over here? I mean, in Kirk, we trust. Salute to Seamus McGee, who we're just going to rename this segment the Seamus Special. Um, Vikings laying a field goal. I, I... no one wants to bet them this week. Everyone hates the Vikings. They're down on them. That's usually when it's time to bet on a team. So we'll lay it and we'll hope that Kirky, Kirky Pie uh, plays a good game for us and, and Daniel Jones kind of falters a little bit in his first playoff start. So we have the Pharaoh for Tom Brady and Kirky Pie. Kirky Pie. Kirky Pie. <laughs> Enjoy Super Wild Card Weekend, everybody.